Welcome to DT Madness, Chronicles from the Third Life, Episode 19, August 5th, 2022. So glad you could make it. So I know I'm uh, a little bit old, 44 now, and uh, but but did you watch The Wizard of Oz growing up? Like, have, have you seen? I mean, it, it's kind of on now all the time, I guess, or you can catch it whenever, obviously stream it whenever, but it was kind of an event back when I was a pup, back, I don't know what, 80s. 1980s, 90s. Um, it, it seemed like it maybe just came on at a specific time of year, and and we would watch it. And, and as a kid, I mean, it was just you know when it all turns to color after the uh, after the house lands and all that, and everything turns to gold and ruby and such and Munchkin Land. Like that was pretty cool. And you know, I remember too, and 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 a push uh, AP US history that Mr. Harris taught us that. The whole play was really a political tale about the gold standard and how you think that's what takes you home, but really it's silver. In the original play, the slippers were silver, allegedly. I confess I've never read the play. But back to the movie, I mean, those creepy flying monkeys, the the horses of a different color, the songs and and dancing. If you, if you like jazz... Um, Harry Connick Jr., back when he was a cool jazz singer, uh, his album called 20, he's got a great slow ballad version of uh, If I Only Had a Brain. But anyway, like those those crazy henchmen, oh, we, oh, oh, all that stuff, man. That was, it was just a crazy, wild movie, especially to watch as a kid. But my favorite was always The Lion. Put them up, put them up. I mean, uh, let's be honest, y'all. My impersonations are getting really good. Um, but I mean, you know, that scene where he turns and sprints down the hall when he's at the wizard's place, like, and then just dives out the window, that scene is the best. Anyway, you know, if we if we did a word cloud of themes of this podcast over the past 19 weeks, then... The terms agency, creativity, cooperation, and metacognition would be a decent size compared maybe to the rest of the words. These four ideas or concepts are, you know, they're, they're ones that I've been wrestling with in, in my attempt to craft better strategies and, and tactics when, when teaching my students. Not that I'm, uh, you know, I'm not afraid of tests and test scores and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I don't like, that's not the goal for me. Uh, my test scores will speak for themselves. They do. Uh, but, but using these types of these, these ideas, these four ideas, um, it, 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 I wanted to make my teaching better. I want them to get educated anyway, out of that mold. I've also begun to consider these four things quite often in terms of just life in general, you know, in terms of existence. But the next school season is upon us. My contract begins Monday, and the kids will flood into the hallways in less than two weeks. 
I have four preps again this year. That's that's not a complaint. I ask for it. It's I like the variety. It it sustains me, um, just like it does, you know, in the ecosystem. Seriously, have y'all been watching this? The Green Planet with uh, David Attenborough. The one on cactuses is just, I mean, crazy. Wow. Anyway, sorry for all the rambling today. But yeah, four preps. I'll be teaching civics. I'll be teaching African-American history. I'll be teaching AP government or GOPO, government and politics, and uh, AP psych. Uh, Heading into my 20th year teaching uh, on the books. I've been reading quite a bit of psychology and philosophy, as you know. I'm I'm sure Ken Wilber would loom large in our hypothetical word cloud as well. But Wilber led me to a psychologist named Robert Keegan, and so I picked up a few of his books. They are super technical and dry. I mean, like, literally, they will dry your eyeballs right out of your head while you're trying to read. Um, So not like uh, I'm not giving them a glowing recommendation. But I did glean a few nuggets here and there before I, I had to put it down for more luscious pastures. It's a lot of Neo, Piaget, and Kohlberg, and Erickson, which is good for me because I teach all of those things in AP Psych. And it's just interesting in thinking about human development, especially adolescent development. But in developing his theory, Keegan claims that much of life's struggles and challenges arise from the tension between our agency and communion between our need to be individuals, to be independent, to feel as though we have a a sense of control, that we have skin in the game, and how all that collides with our need to be loved, to belong, to be cared for, to fit in and be accepted, agency and communion. In my four, I haven't called it communion, although it's essentially the same thing, but I, I use the word cooperation. But that got me wondering, like, what is the bridge between these two, between agency and cooperation? And my my first inclination was that the creativity was that bridge. I mean, when I write the words left to right, there it is, creativity, right, in between agency and cooperation. But I couldn't make it work. I couldn't boil um, creativity down anymore, honestly. So then it came to me, you know. What makes a king out of a slave? What makes the flag on the mast to wave? What makes the elephant charge his tusk in the misty mist or the dusky dusk? What makes the muskrat guard his musk? What makes the sphinx the seventh wonder? What makes the dawn come up like thunder? What makes the hottentot so hot? What puts the ape in apricot? What have they got that I ain't got? courage and then beautifully of course the lion when everybody says courage the lion says you can say that again but that's it you know like or at least that's it for me right now in episode 19 the concept or quality or or characteristic that that ties all these four things together for me is courage i mean let's think about agency it takes courage to stand up and be your own advocate to believe not only in your ability to do something, what, what we would call efficacy, self-efficacy, but, but to go even further and actually take the steps to do the thing, to take ownership. I mean, that's tough enough in the society that we have created where the, the, the mobs on all around.
down are so quick to trample you whenever you stake out your own position. And geez, I mean, especially in grade school, when that force of fitting in is so dang powerful. I've been pondering eighth grade fashion or middle school fashion. I mean, you know, look, I remember in seventh grade, you know, what was that, 1991, 92? In seventh grade, we wore our hats perched up high on our heads. Why? Because that's what you did. What do you mean why? And in eighth grade, that was obs, not the way anymore. And now we wore our hats pulled down over our eyes. Real tough guys. I get it. I mean, having the proper threads and the latest gear and that swag that comes along with it, it yields confidence. It's confidence in camouflage in a way. Knowing that you are expressing yourself just like everyone else is expressing themselves, it's comforting. There's nothing there to be pointed out or picked on. And I mean, what a time that is, you know? Um, Emerging from the cradle of being a kid to the to the deeper voice, though still squeaky at times, and growth spurts and, and all that, emerging into being an adult. I can't even imagine what all that's like for females. I know I'm sorry for all the stupid rooster strutting I did back then, but I was, I mean, I was looking for the, for the proper attire and all that kind of stuff, even like the book bag you got to have. That's right. You know, the, the shoestrings, it's just almost nonstop that you got to have the proper uniform to fit in. And so, yeah, I mean, agency during all this, being your own person in the midst of this sea of conformity, conformity of style and, and humor and interests and thought, developing agency during these years is a picture of courage, something I admire for sure. And creativity takes courage. Creativity is at the heart of what it means to be human. And incidentally, at the heart of is the root of courage. We'll come back to that. But yeah, you know, when I put a podcast out, and I used to do this when I would when I was writing, you know, um, as well, like if I would post something on a blog or whatever, like, but when I put a podcast out, I listen to it at least three times. Not so much because I like to hear myself talk though. Look, maybe that's a decent part of it, but mostly it's so that I can be so familiar with what I've stated that if someone questions my claims or motives or whatever, I'll know how to respond. I'll know how to back up or defend what I was trying to say. I'm doing that because of how fragile my own ego is. I'm doing that because it can be a really scary thing to project your mind into the public sphere through creative means. It's, it's your heart. It's your soul. What if someone derides it? What if someone steps on it? So yeah, I mean, creativity takes courage, for sure. And for those of you that are creative, that put your, your hearts and souls out there, like my favorite artist Delaney, or my favorite songwriter Sydney, or my favorite poet Sarah, or the expressions of existence that Jane Grant's the, the, the creativity of bodily movement and just passion that, that I get from Nora Matthew with his woodcraft, both Frazier and Martin, Nathan Rouse and his acting, and, and those of you that, that dance. I mean, I'm trying to include as many avenues and people as I can, but, but yes, you, 
your creativity. That's courageous. I, I admire that. All right, so quick to the halftime today. Um, just a couple of things. First of all, I, I've been saying I admire that. I, I do like words, and I love looking up the etymologies of words. Um, and turns out the etymology of admire is wonder. It's like mirror. It's like a mirror. And there's two kind of components to that. There's, you know, wondering um, in the sense of uh, I wonder, you know, I wonder at in, in terms of like I just sit and look at the, the ocean or this beautiful sunset and I, I feel this sense of wonder. There's it's I don't want to say it's passive, but it's kind of um, I don't know, aesthetic. Uh, and, and and then but there's the other part of it as well that is wondering t towards kind of in a way um, like I, I wonder what that means and so then it's more of an active kind of maybe western way of, of thinking about things and going to find out what the answer is um, like I wonder why you did that let me try and understand it and try to figure it out and there's both parts of that um, and so in thinking of both the the kind of I don't know maybe Eastern and Western is too broad I'm sure it is but in thinking of like that kind of aesthetic wondering at something that sense of awe but then also that sense of pursuit of knowledge and and understanding and how that applies into admiration and the things that we admire I don't know I like that word um, to totally different not on a I just have to make a correction. I think last week even, um, I talked about time and how time isn't, like I've always said it always goes by at the same speed, you know, that, that some people would say, hey, time, please slow down. Uh, stop stop doing this, you know, let my kids grow up too fast and all this kind of stuff. And it 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 turns out that, well, the earth is spinning faster. It's been f spinning faster in the past five or six years by like a, a millisecond every day or so um, to the point where they are, they, whoever the time scientists are, are considering about how we may need to adjust the atomic clock. They, they think it's spinning faster because of the Earth's tides. Mm -hmm. and uh, but, but they may need to go with a negative leap second now that's interesting to me because one of my students like really had a difficult time when we did um leap i'm sorry uh when we did the time change the daylight savings time change and the idea that congress has passed you know that we're only going to do it we're going to we're going to fall back and then we're going to spring forward but then that's it like then we're going to stay there I, I think is is the plan and then so so November of 23, we won't fall back anymore. And that concept of where does that hour go? Really, really. Uh, I mean, it took them for a loop. Where does it go? And so if we enter into a time where we have to have a negative 
leap second where we take a second off of our clocks. We just skip a second every so often to adjust for the fact that the earth is spinning faster. And so just when you think you've got time figured out, you know, I suppose it does take a bit of courage to try to contemplate time. But anyway, we're talking about courage in terms of agency, um, creativity, cooperation, and metacognition. And and we've talked about the first two. And, and so just a few more minutes. Um, cooperation. You know, this one is so tied in with agency that there's no real need to go on and on about the courage it takes to work with others. I mean to allow others into your own life, this sense of communion where that requires trust and vulnerability and, and hope and, and all of those things that are necessary. Uh, working with other people who are different from you in a variety of ways, but um, where each of you is also trying to establish your own agency that's uh that definitely takes that definitely takes courage and then the final one is is metacognition something that i really want to employ with my students this year i think i do it you know with my own practice i could probably be better about documenting those things instead of just kind of uh ruminating pondering them in my own mind um but maybe that's what this podcast is really a record of things. But this this idea of reflection, of, of thinking about how you think, um, about how you went about solving problems and then, you know, assessing the strengths and weaknesses of your program, of, of what you've done. You know, how did you go about completing this project? How did you think about these concepts? How did you put your plans into motion? You know, how did you enact your agency? How did you... Uh, you know, establish cooperation or your creativity and how are ways that I can do it better. You know, this idea of reflection, of knowing thyself, that takes courage. It takes courage to be willing to engage yourself in this type of growth, especially perhaps in, you know, when you are in times of self-perceived weakness or struggle. And I say perceived because it's, it's really all growth. That's the thing about using the word tension earlier. Like I said, there was this tension, I guess Keegan had said, between agency and communion. It's not to say tension in a negative way, and and he doesn't. In fact, part of his claim is that that tension is 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 where growth happens. That 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 is what is necessary to bloom, to soar. You know, the dictionary defines courage as having mental or moral strength to venture, persevere, and withstand danger, fear, or difficulty. And that word venture in there is really captivating to me. There's a grittiness, you know, in that word that illustrates the concept of courage to me, the mental or moral strength to venture and withstand difficulty. As I mentioned earlier, the root of the word courage is core, C-O-R, which is from the Latin for heart. And, and its original usage 
a long time ago, you know, it was your innermost feelings. I have to admit, and and maybe this is something that I, anyway, I have to admit that I'm not totally familiar with who is Brene Brown. I know I've heard that name a whole bunch. I even think Ted Lasso mentions Brene Brown, perhaps, and I hope it's Brene. Um, I'm saying it that way. If it's not, I'll I'll learn. But she points this out in a, in a quote that I read of hers and says that, you know what? Yes, we need heroics, which is kind of the way that we view the word courage today. We we look at courage like Iron Man, you know, closing, um, snapping his fingers. And, and even though it was going to destroy him, you know, like, sorry if the spoiler there. But she says, you know what? We do need heroics. We need courage in that way. But the courage more precisely in terms of the original word, is speaking honestly and openly about who we are. Putting our vulnerability on the line. Brown says that courage starts with showing up and letting ourselves be seen. I'll say that again. She says that courage starts with showing up and letting ourselves be seen. Putting our vulnerability on the line exposing who we really are. And of course, closely related to courage is encouragement. To give someone heart. To give them life. I hope that you will contemplate ways that you already encourage others and continue those practices. And maybe come up with some new ways. I always find it very helpful and fulfilling to me. I mean, when I think about something, I I try to send somebody the text or let them know, you know, Um, maybe that's as much of encouragement just to my own self. But anyway, a few specific pieces of encouragement, kind of specific, generally specific um, pieces of encouragement for me to close this out. To my kid going to college, which um, I guess there's probably a Decent chance next week's podcast will be wrapped up in that. We shall see. To my kids prepping to start their next years of middle and high school. To all my students who are getting ready for that. Encouragement to you. Encouragement to me. So a couple of quotes. One from Tolkien. Um, That is... What is it, Gildor? It's, you know, the the guys, anyway, it's time to read The Lord of the Rings for me again. I try to read it just about every fall. But Gildor's one of the, uh, you know, he's a high elf. And anyway, he's he's telling Frodo, Frodo's worried. He's just encountered the Black Riders. Um, Really, for the first couple times, they're, they're barely out of the Shire. And, um, he's like, where, you know, Frodo's like, where am I? Where am I going to find my courage? Because Gilda already told him, like, you can you can fence yourselves in, but you can't fence the world out. Talking about leaving the Shire and such, but but Frodo says, Where am I gonna where am I gonna find the courage to do this? And Gilder says, Courage is found in unlikely places. This is a weird story, but I'll tell you anyway. Um 
for my own health and um i i like to get a massage i try to get it once a month when my uh schedule works out our, our friend aaron at center peace and spindle is like mm, it's, she's fully booked so i'm sorry to even bring it up but it's it's a it's 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 amazing like it's healing and um you know like so so i'm there on the table and the cool i like she she likes the music she likes to play the 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 native flute music um and i enjoy that and you know this time like it, it really was it was like the best i know i say things are the best ever a lot but this one it just was like I, I had so much tension from traveling to New York. I've got so much tension for whatever other reasons. And, and so just like there were a bunch of knots in my back and whatever, like she, she helped me work them out. Like she worked them out. But about halfway through, I got this notion in my mind that I needed to check my phone. My phone was off. I didn't have my watch on. You know, that would buzz my wrist. And I, I just thought that there might be something that I would need that, that maybe my kids needed me. And it it's wild because the, the courage that I found there uh, was in this ticking. I don't know if it was a clock. I don't know what it was when, I, when, when the massage first started. And I heard it. It was driving me insane because repetitive noises and me, we don't get along. But the way that I was able, because what will often happen is my my mind will quickly spiral into some wild thoughts and and activate my nervous system. But that that ticking reminded me of you know that the wave of hope that this too shall pass and i was able to find courage in that ticking that normally would have driven me bonkers again i I know that's kind of weird but like to me that is encouragement or it's encouraging to me to give me the courage to let go I, i can't always be you know, responsible. I'm not always going to be able to solve the problem. And, and I have this, you know, this part of the DT madness is I have this really strong desire, neurotic desire to be there, like to be able to feel like I'm in charge or to let people know that I'm there for them. It's, it's not a bad intention. But I was able to find courage in that ticking clock. Again, I know that's a weird look into my own crazy tendencies, but this quote is for you too. Like, even when you think you couldn't possibly gain strength or that grittiness to keep on keeping on, it'll show up. Courage is found in unlikely places. It could be in a text from a friend. It could be in a song that you hear. That Wave of Hope song I heard in Noblesville is is what led to me being able to get that courage from these ticking you know, like the 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 way that I, I watch the squirrels build a nest. I'm just offering up these random things because 
these types of things really can give you give you courage. Anyway, it'll show up. E.E. E. Cummings, this is a great one. He says, it, it takes courage to grow up and become who you really are. And I don't know, I'd have to read the, the overall context of this quote to see if, if what I think he's saying is, is real, but I don't think that he's saying that you have to become who you really are. It takes courage to grow up, you know, becoming who you really are. You already are that. To me, this this pairs nicely with what my dad has always told me and what uh, I have always told my kids. Remember who you are. And you know what? That's the message from Mufasa, at least the ghost of Mufasa, to Simba. Simba has been told, right, that just don't worry about it. Just let it all, you know, it means no worries, man. Just come out here and eat the insects with us. But... It wasn't Hakuna Matata that got the hyenas out of the pride land, was it, Matt? It was Simba remembering. You know, it was Simba remembering that he was the son of the king. And so, you know, you got to remember who you are. And so, you know, courage I don't think it's what we mean by it anymore. It it might mean that I have to fight. But I don't think fighting in the way that we have set it up in our modern context or perhaps our historical context. The the rebellion, we used to say this around here, that the, the rebellion or the revolution starts here with me. Like the fight that I have is against myself. I have to remember who I am, that I am a son of the king. I'm a child of the one. And what all of that means, and and frankly, what it doesn't mean. It takes courage, maybe, to say what it doesn't mean a lot these days. But what it does mean for me is that I've got a battle to overcome my own pettiness and rivalries and vengeance. I could... I could say things and I could do things that would be justified in a lot of people's eyes. You know, like standing up for myself or. But that pettiness and that that vengeance that I would be seeking for myself, that's not who I am. That's not who I am. Takes courage to grow up. And become who I really am. E.E. Cummings. Remember who you are. And so I think about that in terms of encouragement. That if we can remember who we are. That that spirit that is us. You know, the spirit of of goodness and kindness and gentleness and self-control. Love, peace, patience. That's, That's who we are. That takes courage. It takes courage to be that. To remember that part of who we are. It's a lot easier to just be um, brash, loud. 
The last one is from Robert Frost, who says, freedom lies in being bold. And I, I, I take this encouragement. Ken Wilber says that we're each individual waves. But if you think about that, if you think about the waves in the ocean, of course, each individual waves is the same amount of wet, has the same amount of wetness as, as any other wave. I may not know how many waves are behind me. I may not know the characteristics of, of all the other individual waves, but in essence, I am all a part of the, of the ocean, you know, whatever. I think about it kind of in terms of snowflakes too, the individuality of them all, but that communion, there it is again. I didn't even mean to say that. It's still the agency and the communion. But it's, it's done. You know, as my as my good friend Matthew's tattoo says, that the battle rages, but the war is won. And so as we develop our agency and we think about our creativity and cooperating and reflecting on who we are, it does take courage to do those things. But we can be encouraged because even in our failure Maybe not even in, maybe because of, maybe through, you know, failure and weakness and all those kinds of things that there is life and there is growth. So we can be encouraged in that way. That's the mystery of the Christ, is it not? Now I'm rambling. Everything's right. So just hold tight. Be encouraged this week. This has been a Church of Six production brought to you by the Bucket of Life and the Foundation Tower of Stone, the Wall of Belief, and the Magic Rock. Sorry about the uh, rambling nature there, especially towards the end. I got off script a little bit. Maybe I'll try and clean that up some next week, tie it all together. But I do hope that you're encouraged. It's all good. It's all good. So don't forget to be live. Peace, my friends.